Uh, all right, so we are, uh, I'm going to need some, uh, some feedback from you guys in this message today, but we're going to talk about uh, men leading, men leading today. And so, Laura, you can shout out amen too, right? Uh, uh, Mark's not even, Mark, yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay. Tim and Larry. Tim, Tim, Larry. <laughs> What is that Coke commercial where they both get the Cokes and she's like, at least your name's on it. She's like, do I look like a Larry to you? <laughs> That's funny. All right, so yeah, Tim, Larry, we're going to need a lot of response from y'all. Um, but we're talking about, we're in doctrine, we're talking about why Christ followers believe that men lead. Um, and, and this is one of those things where in our culture it's like, oh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and, and so we believe, as the church, we believe that men lead the family and the church. And the world is going to tell us that um, that's sexist, it's unequal, it's chauvinistic, it's old, outdated. Behind the times, there was another word that I was trying to think of that was like chauvinistic, but I could never get my tongue on it. But uh, anyway, you can, you can put whatever there. That, I mean, that's what it, it's going to tell you. Um, but when you look at Genesis, you see God designed men and women with different roles. And we're not going to jump in Genesis, but um, uh, um, you know, don't, don't get your pitchforks and torches out at me until I can explain why we believe this, okay? Um, now, let me ask you this. Why, why does this make people mad? Why, why does this, what, what, what comes out of people when, when, they, when they hear this? What makes them mad? What do you think? What is it? There's no wrong answer. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding, Tim, Larry. Just kidding, Tim, Larry. <clears throat> no, no. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of times you hear, um, you know, the Bible tells me what I can and can't do, right? And the thing about that is, if you're following Christ, and you're following God, and God is telling you what to do, isn't that the best plan for our lives, right? Because we see in Genesis uh, what was, what was uh, taken out of Adam to make woman? The rib, right. Didn't take something out of his head, didn't take something out of his feet, it was the rib, right? He's not, his, she's not over him, she's not underneath him, she is a part of him. Okay. Side, thank you, uh, Hebrew... Hebrew, uh, uh, yes, uh, linguistic champion, uh, yes, uh, so, so you pull out the side, you pull out the rib, and it is, she is to be a part of him, so um, from the beginning, woman was taken out of man, and what is, do y'all remember what God calls her? Helper, helpmate, yeah, helpmate, right, um, and this is where men start to go, that's right, dishes, laundry, vacuuming, right, that kind of thing. But that's not, that's not what it was because they didn't have carpet. Um, so so, so it, was, it was a helpmate. What was that? Sweeping. Sweeping, yes, that's right. Can you get this loose dirt around? No. Um, Tim, Larry, settle down. Uh, the, role, the role of leadership and the role of helpmate are actually equal roles given by God. They're equal roles given by God. The other thing that I've heard a lot 
uh, that David kind of said is, um, the Bible tells me I can't leave as a woman. Ho, 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 right? Um, and Leaves talked to me about this a lot because, you know, in my mind, I'm just like, the Bible says it, right? And she's like, well, here's my take on it. And, and she's, you know, she's over there. Um, her and Terry are leading 10 other women right now. And her, her thought on it is, when all of the women have a leader in their life, then you and I can talk about whether I can lead men. That's, that's her thought. So, so when three and a half billion people don't have, or women don't have a woman to lead them, then we can talk about whether I can lead a man. So, and this is a great point, because this point, this, this rebuke, you know, the Bible tells me I can't lead. It's actually influenced by our sin. Because um, how do we look at leadership? What, when we look at the world and the world looks at leadership, what do you see? What are, what are characteristics of leadership? Power, all right. Yeah. Money, fame, right? Those are the, like, like the three, rah, I'm a leader, right? You look in Scripture, God could care less about those kind of leaders. Like, he, he doesn't like those kind of leaders. Uh, David, where, where does he find David? Shepherding sheep. Yeah. He goes through seven brothers, and he's like, not you, not you, not you. And these are all big, strong, strapping lads. And he's like, you got any more sons? <laughs> yeah, my little wuss of a son's out in the back watching the sheep. That's him. Um, you look at Abraham. What's he doing? Watching sheep. You look at Moses. What's he doing? Watching sheep. And so God looks at leadership as humility and responsibility. That's, that's what he looks at leadership as. And so, in the Bible, he picks them who are lowly and humble. Lowly and humble. So, the helpmate, how does the world look at the helpmate? The housewife, or, you know, that kind of thing. How, what, what is that? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, like a servant. The help, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the movie. Yeah, almost like a slave. And so when we look in Scripture, nothing could be further from the truth. And I think for those of us that are married, we know nothing could be further from the From this weekend, I know nothing can be further from the truth, right? Uh, <laughs> that's right, amen. I thought that was Matt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, the helpmates... What'd you say, Chuck? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have to tone that down. <laughs> All right, so in Scripture, the helpmate is actually the flip side of leadership. Um, when you talk to guys, they're going to, you know, guys talking to guys, they're going to walk around and they're going to be like, I can do it. I'm a, I'm a man. I can do it all on my own. Um... And we see leaders like that, and what we need to attach to them is the label of idiot, right? Just go, you're an idiot, because that's not true. And, and, and for instance, the leaders of our world, like business leaders, Jack Welch, right? You all know who Jack Welch was? He was the leader of GE, if I'm, if I'm correct, right? And just grew the company, and it became this megalithic kind of thing. Been divorced four times. 
things for. I mean, he's a great leader in business, but at home, he's got a miserable life. Probably. Probably. Who knows? But everybody looks at him as, oh, you know, we need to get Jack Welch to come and speak. That's what he does now. He's on the speaking tour, if I, if I remember correctly. You know Chuck? You know, that's pretty much what he does. So you look at that and you go, hmm, I don't know. Steve Jobs, right? I mean, I love his computers. I mean, just love them. But that guy had some anger issues. He had some control issues. And, and the thing is, the way the world looks at leaders, they look at leaders as these great people, but when you really dig into their lives, they can't live with themselves most of the time. Um, and without a true helpmate, uh, men lack almost an entire half of, them, of themselves, right? So Tim and Larry, you guys, you guys complete your, your spouses. That was weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there, Josh. <laughs> um, now, people not married, okay, uh, we need to, those people need to look at God as their helpmate, need to look at God as their leader, depending on what side they're on. But that's how God has designed us. He's designed us as leader and helpmate. Um, there are exceptions to, the, to this rule. Uh, can you think of the only woman judge? Anybody know the only woman judge? Deborah. That's right. Anybody know the story of Deborah? No. <laughs> Who just signed a $250 million deal to be on the air for like 10 years more. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. Deborah. Anybody know the story of Deborah? The background? So God's looking for a judge, a new judge to kind of lead and rule. And He's looking for the right man, and they're all like cowering down, going, oh, we're scared, we're scared. And, and because no man would step up, Deborah does, right? Deborah's like, I'll do it. So, I mean, there are times and exceptions where God will say, look, if you're not going to stand up, then I will raise somebody up who will. Um, and, and we can go against God's design. And, and oftentimes we do. We can, we can go against what God has designed for us. Now, this is why we see in the church, uh, most of your congregations, or the congregations in America, they're led by women. Right? I mean, because men won't step up. Now, I like our men, and we need to step up more and more and more. But we're, we're here. You know, we're present. Most of the time, it's a bunch of women, and they're singing, and the choir is like, you know, you got... All women and then a couple of guys on the side, right? And, and, it's, and it's this soprano-type choir, and it's, oh, you know. Listen, I asked Tiffany, what were the songs I, I tried to get her to sing? And, I, and, and she doesn't remember this because we have a man service like once every, uh, I don't know, year, I guess, once a year. I asked for the same three songs. The, the Son of God Goes Off to War, um, uh, A Mighty Fortress, the original version, because... Because Christy Knuckles, who's this wonderful Christian singer, has, has girlified it. It's like, a mighty fortress is our God. You know, I mean, it's, she's, she's girlified it. No, sorry. Um, and then what's the, what was the third one? Do you remember? It was something, yeah, it was something with blood and, and like it was 
awesome. The lyrics were incredible, but, but they was really hard to play. So one day, one day, I, I'm gonna, I, I asked the same three songs. Um, maybe I'll ask one at a time. That's what I should do, huh? And get them in, plug them in. So, but but this is, these are like manly songs that are sung by women in the church now, and guys, because guys aren't present. We have to be present. We have to look at how God designed us, and we cannot be the exception. Now, um, you also find sin getting involved, like um, um, moms who have left, right? And who's left to take care of the kids? Of the girls, right? Dad is. And so he's doing the braids. He's doing the nails, right? And I can tell you by experience, by seeing those nails, on, I can tell you by this weekend, right? Just taking care. I, took, I had Sage, but I took Ava too. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, I don't know what to do with y'all, right? We watched football all day long yesterday, and they kept coming. They were like, well, we're bored. Can we do something? I'm like, yeah, go do something. What, whatever you want to do. They're like, can we go outside? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll go outside, okay. I mean, they had to come up with the ideas. And I've seen dads do the nails. Eh, they're all right, but they're not mom doing them, right? Mom knows how to do the braids. Mom, there's a natural role that we feel. And so this applies to the family and to church. Um, and it applies work. Work is different. Because you see all throughout Scripture, Proverbs 31, where God commends women to work. Right? So, so, like, I hear on a lot of radio shows and stuff like that, the woman needs to be at home, has to be at home. That's, that's not what we see in Scripture. Um, and so we need to be careful about that. We should all work and work hard, but not to the exception or the exclusion of the, the natural design that God has given us. Okay, all that to say, let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to look at 18 through 28. Um, this is, this is going to challenge us guys uh, and, and Tim and Larry. Okay, so here we go. Starting at 18, because Paul's talking about the church. It says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. If you've ever wondered where the Bible says don't get drunk, that's it right there. Okay, and he's talking to the church because they may be taking a little bit too much of the Lord's Supper, if you know what I mean, okay? So, so that's what they're saying. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. If you are drunk, you cannot, be, you cannot be led by the Spirit. You're led by your base desires, okay? Uh, and then it says, speak to one another, one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. That's what we did this morning, right? We're singing together, a bunch of manly men, and Tim and Larry. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about the church. This is, this is us as a congregation and then we see one of the greatest bridge verses in Scripture, I think. Um, and it's, it's submit to one another out of reverence for, uh, for Christ. So he uses this verse to talk, one, about the church, but then also about what he's about to talk about with the family. Okay? Verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. What word jumps out at you there? Tim is, Tim is upset already. Tim's, Tim's, Tim's holding, holding his tongue. What, what is it? What, 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 what word jumps out at you? Submit. Submit. That's right. Oh, why does that jump out at us? What's wrong with this word? How does it make you feel on the inside? 
die. Just as anybody, not just Tim and Larry. Less than? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Inequality. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Now, all of these things that we have described are all our own cultural definitions of this word. Um, because this is what our sin has actually done to our hearts. We submit, submitting is not bad. We, sh we should all submit to God, right? And we all recognize that. Um, but we, our sin says, uh-uh, I'm, I'm Jason. I'm my own man. I don't submit to anybody. That's, I mean, you hear that on all over the place. Submit to nobody, right? And we, we make submission bad. Uh, we believe that things that are not bad are bad. It, it, submission, listen, um, men should submit to God. Women should submit to a man who submits to God. And in verse 21, we just saw that husbands and wives should submit to each other, right? You're married. <laughs> you know this, right? <laughs> How many times have, have I been called out by my wife and I'm like, you're right, you're right, I'll do it, I'm going, right? Verse 23, 24. For the husband's the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. This is the explanation for why we have these roles. Because these are roles that God has given us. His, uh, the husband's head of the wife as Christ is head of the church. His body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit should submit to their husbands in everything. So we've got these roles. And we're created to reflect the relationship of, what's it say here? Jesus and the church. It has nothing to do with power. It has to do with the reflection of that relationship, right? I mean, if you want to say, well, Jesus has power over us, then yes, okay. But what is that power? That power is love. That power is, is guidance and wants only the best for us. So 11, uh, 1 Corinthians 11.3 says that it reveals the relationship of Christ to his heavenly Father. So we've got two relationships that we are reflecting. One is of Jesus and the church. The other is of Jesus and his heavenly Father. That's what we are to reflect in our marriage to others. Okay? Now, here's the problem. Our culture is very good at logically telling us why this is wrong. Right? Um, and there's two things that make us believe that this is stupid. I mean, just stupid. The first one is horrible husbands. Horrible husbands. When horrible husbands come around and they beat on their wives, they treat them with disrespect, all of these things, you look at Scripture and you go, submit to my husband. I'm, I'm forced to do that. And that's not what Scripture's talking about in any way. The other thing is the feminism movement. Now, I'm not talking about women's suffrage, okay? Women's suffrage was uh, women should be able to vote. Women should, even up to now, uh, women should have equal pay, right? Women's suffrage is talking about equality. The feminine move, feminism movement is, is forcing sameness on us. 
And we can look at each other and go, we ain't the same, right? I mean, I can talk to my wife and go, we are not, the, we, we don't think the same. We are not, you know, it's, I, I still don't understand my wife half the time, right? Chuck, Chuck, maybe you can help me being, being married a little longer. I mean, it, it just, it, it blows my mind. I don't understand. Last, uh, what was it? Uh, the other day, she said something, and I was just like, I don't even know how your mind got there, right? I'm just, I'm just like floored. It was, a, it was an amazing, I don't remember what it was, but it was an amazing thought. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? The, these two things have twisted this submission, right? And so we need to be careful of these two things. Um, verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If all husbands acted like this, Feminism would not exist today. Today, if women are cared for and loved, don't you want to, quote-unquote, submit to your husband? I mean, you just you want to do that. Because submission would mean that you're taken care of beyond your wildest dreams. That's, that's what it would mean. Um, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, you wouldn't want, women wouldn't want anything else. Now, verse 26. I want to ask you a question. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Um, if you ate one out of every four meals, how would you feel? How would you look? Pretty obvious. Go ahead and shout it out. One out of every four meals. Skinnier, thin. <laughs> I think some of us are looking at this the wrong way. But okay, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> Mal malnourished, maybe. more, more uh, Yeah. What else? How would you feel? Cranky. Hangry? <laughs> Hangry? Yeah. Yeah. What if you did it for a year? A whole year. You'd be like anorexic, right? And that, is that right? Anorexic. Believe me, sewing up, right? Anorexic, yeah. The problem is, this is what most men do with their wives, not... Taking, not only giving them a meal once every four meals. But there's four aspects of every person. The physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And guys are really good at saying, I'm going to take care of you physically. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to make enough, enough money. We're going to have food on the table, all of that. But when it comes to mental, emotional, and spiritual, we don't lead in any of that. That's, that's the hard part for guys. And so... Christ, or Paul is challenging us in Christ to make our wives holy. This is our responsibility. Cleansing her with the washing with water through the word. This is our responsibility to get our wives in scripture, to know scripture, and to lead them spiritually. When you lead them spiritually, the emotional and the mental will follow. We are responsible for these things. We're in charge of leading their spiritual life. You can't control, right, Tim and Larry, okay? You can't control your wives. We all know that. Um, but if you're leading in the right way, she's going to follow. Um, and then verse 27, uh, God kind of puts out a scene here. Paul puts out a scene. Uh, God puts out a scene through God, through Paul. Ugh. 
to present her to himself as a radiant church. With, there's that, there's that, uh, that analogy again. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So here's the scene. Guys, you're a husband, you've got kids, you die. Right? Sorry, this got real painful real quick. You've passed on. You are before God in heaven. He has accepted you into heaven. You know Jesus. You have a relationship with him. And then he says, but we're still going to walk through your life. Because scripture is clear that you're going to walk through your life with, with God. He's gonna, you're going to give an account for your sins. And he goes through all this stuff, and this is not going to be fun for me, probably not going to be fun for you. Maybe he points out more of the good stuff than the bad stuff. I don't know. Probably not. It's probably going to be an everyday thing. You know, What's that movie where, where, where Morgan Freeman pulls out the file for uh, Jim Carrey, right? Uh, Y'all remember that movie? Bruce Almighty, yeah. It's like that long. That's what I imagine. Isn't that horrible? I've let media get into my head on that. So here's the scene. God's voice is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Or James Earl Jones. I mean, they, that's Darth Vader, but, I mean, anyway. So, here, so, so here's the scene. You're in front of God, and he brings your wife up, and he says, how did you lead her? How did you carry her? How, when she broke down, how did you love her, right? How's that conversation going to go down? But that's, that's what he's saying here, verse 27. Uh, to present her to himself. So, so you are presenting your wife, just as Jesus presents the church to God, you are presenting your wife to him without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. When I read this verse, I feel the incredible weight of responsibility. I mean, just because I find myself doing it more with my kids than I do with Leaf, honestly. You know, at night, we'll read Bible stories, and we'll do this and that, and throughout the day I'm pointing things out, but with leave, I just kind of think she, she knows it, she's got it, and she knows scripture, and I need to be leading her in this, and we need to be sitting down more together and studying scripture, um, so, so I'm, I'm hopefully not the only one that's like that. Verse 28, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body, he who loves his wife loves himself. If you love yourself more than you love your wife, then you don't care enough for your wife. If you love others more than yourself, you don't care enough for others. So these are the roles that we've been given. We are to reflect Jesus as he loved the church. That's how we are to lead our families and the church. Uh, Jesus teaches the church. We are to teach our wives and our children. Jesus roots scripture in our hearts. We are to root scripture in the hearts of our wives and children. Jesus died for us. And as guys, we think, oh, okay, this one I can do, right? But we are to die for our families and for the church each and every day. Die to ourselves, right? And so this is what God has called men to do and how he's called us to lead uh, in, in such a way that, that our wives, and <clears throat> I don't have this up here, but the last verse of this, of this um, paragraph is, However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. We've talked about this before. Women want to be loved, cherished. Guys, 
my wife says, I love you. I go, I love you too. Like, whatever. Okay, thanks. Love you too. Here's what guys want. And the wife must respect her husband. That's what a guy wants. Respect. Leave, leave tells me sometimes, I really respect you. <laughs> that's right, girl. Come on, let's go to the next. Right? That's, 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 what it, that's what respect is, right? What's he talking about, girl? You hitting on me? Come on, let's go. That's, I mean, we want to be respected. And so God's called men to lead in such a way that our wives have nothing but respect for us. That's what a real man looks like. It's not what the culture says. It's not what, um, what TV shows us. A real man is someone who loves his wife more than anything else in the world, loves his children, loves his church more than anything else in the world. Father, uh, thank you for your word and thank you for this challenge to us. Uh, we ask that you will make us more and more and more into men who are humble, who are lowly, and who can be your leaders. Uh, for those who are not here, we pray the same for every man in our church, Father. Uh, for our, our wives and the ladies who are on the retreat, Lord, we ask that you give them guidance as they wrap up, give them wisdom, uh, give them worship to you. Uh, we ask, Father, that you will give them safe travel home. And, Lord, that you give them respect for us, but not because you give it to them, but because we are following you and because we are leading them the way you want us to lead them. And so we ask these things in Jesus' name.